And just a couple things before we get into it, I would like to say it was an, a blessing to have Sister Veronica do the Mission Sunday announcement today. Amen. Hallelujah. That was her first time doing any announcement behind this pulpit. And uh, I, uh, if I have anything to say about it, it won't be her last time. Hallelujah. So we're grateful for her and those who are stepping up and taking on responsibilities and helping us. I want to say thank you so much for what you've been doing. Uh, it's wonderful to have our guests with us again. Um, those who have been here uh, for a while, been here a few times, been here uh, not very many times. Wonderful to have you guys here with us today. I'm going to give you the same line that Hamby gives. You know, your first time you come, you're a guest. Your second time you come, you're part of us. Your family with us. I learned that from Brother Hamby, actually. So just wonderful to have you here. I know my wife got to spend uh, the day with you yesterday, and she was so blessed by that. So just want to let you know it's wonderful to have you here. Yes, and our guests, wonderful to have you here. I know you've been here did, uh, before, and it's wonderful to see you again. And then uh, is this Ann? Ann, good to have you with us. Praise God. God bless you. And uh, everybody else, I know... Uh, Lisa, I know you've been having uh, health issues, so it's wonderful to see you out and about joining with us. Claire, wonderful to have you back. Hallelujah. I know you've been uh, out of town, go back and forth and all that. So uh, it got a little tiny cool, and so she came back um, <laughs> over the weekend. So, But it's wonderful to have you here with us and uh, all that God is doing around here. We love, love, love for you to join us at Taco Shack after service. We will be going there. All right, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. It says, for many are called, everybody say called, but few are chosen. Everybody say chosen. If you could just remain standing for a moment, the context here, he just told a parable of men and women being invited to a dinner. And when they came, they were called to this dinner. Many are called, right? Many are called to the dinner. But there, there was a fellow who chose not to dress in the correct attire, obviously decided that he didn't want to sit down and partake. So, yes, we may be called, but we still have to choose to partake, right? We still have to choose to sit down and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and let the Lord touch us and let the Lord bless us. Listen, hallelujah, and, and let me tell you something. Uh, I, I've been sitting at the table for a while now, and it's a blessed thing to be sitting at the table of the Lord. Right. Amen. Amen. It's a blessed thing to partake. At the table, there is eternal life. At the table, there is blessing. There is healing. There is goodness and mercy. Amen. 
It reminds me of Psalms 23 when David said, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. Everybody say all the days. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you could head to one more passage of Scripture, Revelation 17, then we'll pray, and then you can be seated. Revelation chapter 17 and verse 14. We read where it says, Many are called, few are chosen. I've used this illustration, probably have at one point or another said this to almost all of you in private conversation. But today I'd like to say it again and expound on it for the first time in an official capacity. Revelation 17, 14, these shall make war with the Lamb. Now remember, the first passage of Scripture was in Matthew, the beginning of the New Testament, the Gospels. The very beginning. Now we're at the very end. So at the beginning it was the called and the chosen. But it says, thou preparest a Sorry, these shall make war with the Lamb. The Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen, but it adds a third one, and faithful. Praise God. So at the beginning, it was just the called and the chosen. But at the end, there's a final description of the people of God. There's a final descriptor, and that is the faithful. Today, I'd like to talk about being faithful, the final descriptor. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask him to speak to us. Lord, I thank you, God, for what you're about to do in this place. Lord, I am just overflowing with the goodness and mercy of God that's in this place. Lord, the witness of your spirit is here, and I'm so thankful. Let this word into, into our hearts, Lord God. Let it change us, Lord Jesus. Lord, as I spoke to the church earlier, Lord, this sermon may not save anyone, but I believe it will help somebody make it to heaven. I pray in Jesus' name, let it be so for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know we're kind of still just flowing in that river. Just continue to float, hallelujah. If you feel the Spirit of God, you can pray, worship. Just don't drown me out, but let's continue to flow. God bless you. You can be seated. Last Sunday, if you were not here, I encourage you to go and listen to the sermon last Sunday because it, this is sort of a part two. It's a completely different um, a vein we're going in, but it is sort of part two from last Sunday. I talked uh, at the beginning of that sermon about my walk with God, my life in Christ, and I'm just humbled today to be able to say that next February I will be, have been back living for God for 20 years. 
full-time, 100%, 20 years. I turned my life around at age 14. Already at age 14, I knew there was nothing in this world for me. I was suicidal and I was depressed, but thankfully I knew where to go, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I made an ultimatum with Him, and I... Again, this is just a short and condensed version of my testimony. I made an ultimatum with him. I told him that I was going to try him one more time and that I was going to give my all to him. And I said, if you don't work out for me this time, I'm going to go and do everything I know I'm not supposed to do. And when I'm done doing all that, I'm going to kill myself. I told God that. It was either him or the grave for me at that point at age 14. And I can say, I'm still here 20 years later. Hallelujah. Because He never failed me. Last week, we talked about how God does not fail us. He is faithful to us. Do you believe that here today? He is faithful to us. When we are in His hands, the Bible says that nothing can let us, can pluck His fingers open so that He drop us. He is thankful for us. Hallelujah. And I can, again, humbly, thankfully say, my life in Christ is officially longer than my life living in this world and for this world and for myself. Now, that's not to say things been easy. That's not to say that I've not struggled. I've not questioned. I've not fought through some things. Hallelujah. But it is to say, I am still standing. If you're still standing today, I think you owe yourself a round of applause. Why don't you clap your hands and say, thank you God for helping me still to stand. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now I know in this place there's a diversity of different people. There's people who've lived for God now for many, many years, probably even more than 20. I know there's some people today, you're fresh into this. Maybe you're only a year or two. Maybe you're three, four, five years into this. Maybe you have just come back after being backslidden or walked away, just not participating, not committing your life to God for some time. I re- it's a, the sign of a healthy church uh, that we've got people of all different walks here today. Hallelujah. But I am so thankful. Hallelujah. How my life started out. I'm so thankful that 20 years ago he turned my life around and he set my feet on a rock to stay. Amen. Hallelujah. We should rejoice in our testimony. We should rejoice in what God has done for us. Hallelujah. But if you're, there's some people who can admit to this and you can testify and and say, Amen, Pastor, some of you, you've still got to learn this. But if you don't hear anything else, hear this. Life is long. Hopefully. (laughs) For most of us, life is long. And I recognize I'm probably the youngest in the room today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah believe it or not, but life is long, and even at this age, I can look back and say, man, this is, there's been a lot that I've gone through, there's been a lot that I've endured, we, we get so excited those first couple years, you recall that first year when you got a hold of God, and 
you were still just new to this and God was changing some things, but he still looked a little funky, right? And acted a little different. One year after being saved, you might have seen Aaron, me, and I wish I would have had the picture up. You would have seen a tight jean, tight shirt, big belt buckle. That's how I looked. Hallelujah. And now I know you can't even, you don't want to imagine me in tight jeans. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and so there's been a long time that has passed. There's been a lot of struggles. There's been a lot of difficulties. Sometimes when you're looking at it from backwards, it might seem like it's not that long, but when you look ahead, you start realizing how long it is and how long the journey actually will take us. And sometimes we get the mindset, I'm just going to take it one day at a time. I'm just going to do it today and then tomorrow. And listen, that's okay. That's a good mindset. But if I may suggest something today, we cannot lose sight of where we are going. Hallelujah. We cannot lose sight. I know we look in the past and we look at everything we've gone through, but we've got to keep our eyes on the ending. Amen. Hallelujah. We've got to keep our eyes on the ending because the ending truly is important. I'm thankful for the beginning, but if the ending is not correct, the beginning will mean nothing. Am I all right here today? I know today I'm probably not going to get anybody hanging from the chandeliers. And that's all right, but, but I, I hope today you'll let this just enter inside your life. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 8. It tells us better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And I'm thankful for my beginning thankful for God taking me out of this world and changing my life and and I, I can say and, and we said it last week and and I'm sure you could say it I may not be where I want to be but I'm not where I was right hallelujah I'm not where I was and I still got a long ways to go but I'm on that path better is the end of that thing though sometimes we live for the beginning we live for the high that beginning brought the excitement that beginning brought. But listen, a few years after living for God, you'll realize the honeymoon stage will end. And that excitement dies off. Prayer becomes less passionate. Service becomes less exciting. As we say, you start coming to church when you first come, you think everybody in the church are angels. It's not long before the horns start revealing themselves. Right? It's because we're a church. And we're people. Churches feel filled with people. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, so we started out thinking that everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be perfect. I'm just going to skate along. But listen, you've got to re remember there's an ending to this thing. And the beginning was great. If you got that beginning, praise God for it. But the greater of these, the better of these to make it to the ending and not just the beginning. <clears throat> he says, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. It may seem like this is a completely separate 
mountains, but really they are profoundly connected. For it is the patience of the saint that's going to take them from beginning to ending. Amen. It is the patience of the saints that's going to take them through every season and difficult time, every struggle, all the persecution. Oh, praise God. Can we get real today? Come on now, let's get real today. All the persecution, all the sicknesses, all the deaths, all the heart. Oh, praise God. It's going to be the patient soul that makes it to the end. The soul that says, I didn't just want to start this thing. I want to end it. I'm not just going to begin something, but I want to end it in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. We've got to get to a point where we start looking again at the end. Let me ask you, are you looking at the end? And I'm not saying we're sitting around thinking about our death. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying let's set a goal that says that's my goal. I'm going to stick in this thing. I'm going to make it all the way. I'm not going to start it passionately, but let that fire go out. I'm going to keep feeding the flame. Hallelujah. I'm not going to stop until I make it to the end. Come on. The end is the goal here today. The end is the goal, not the beginning. Oh, in Hebrews chapter 12, sets up an incredible scene. If you could throw up that picture for me, Brother Judas. In Hebrews chapter 12, he sets up an incredible scene. This is directly following Hebrews chapter 11, what we deem the hall of faith. Hebrews 11, it tells story after story about men and women who lived for God in faith and with faithfulness. Men like Abraham, who endured so much, yet remained faithful. Moses, who remained faithful. Come on, we can look at those Old Testament stories and get encouragement, right? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I, I, and, and I know there's some bad things that's happened to me, but praise God, I'm not going through the plagues. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've not been sold into slavery Thank God I've not had to be go through the fire just yet. It might come. But thank God I've not been Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego and have to feel the flames, and, or rather not feel them, praise God, and have to go through. My, my faith may not have been tested like those. There's some men and women who've gone before us whose faith has been tested, and yet they proved themselves what? Faithful. Hallelujah. They proved themselves faithful. And then Paul comes along in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. He's clarifying. He's talking about all of Hebrews 11. And he says, Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. What does that mean? Go ahead and put that picture back up. What does that mean? It means, listen, we're in a stadium. He's setting up the scene. We're in a stadium. And in the, the chairs are all who came before us. Moses and Abraham and Joseph. 
Joseph and, and Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and Daniel who survived the lion's den. And, and he says, all of them, they're in the stands. And they're looking at us and they're saying, all right, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. It's your turn to run the race. It's your turn to endure. It's your turn to be proven. And they're watching us. And it says we're encompassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. They're saying, come on now, you can make it. How do I know? Because I made it. And if I endured the lion's den, you can endure. And if I survived the fiery pit, you can survive the fiery pit. If I had to go through slavery, you can make it through slavery. Hallelujah, because I made it. And so can you. Oh, would you clap your hands today? Oh, hallelujah. What an encouragement. But also, what a responsibility to look up. You know, we're, we're down there, we're stretching. That's my stretching. We're stretching out. We're getting ready to run that race, right? Because that's the scene Paul's setting up. He's setting up a race in a stadium with all these men and women watching us. We're stretching. And yet, it's time for that, that gun to, to sound off. We start looking around and say, oh, this is a long track. I don't know if I, can, if I can make it all the way. Look up and see Moses standing there. Moses who forsook Egypt. Because, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but forsook Egypt to live for God. Abraham who left his mother and father and all of his household to follow a voice that he didn't even know who it was. Joseph who held tight to a dream in the midst of slavery and prison. Hallelujah. We look up and we see what they've endured. We say, you know what? I think I can do it too. God forbid we start running that race. Yet there's so much on our backs that we can't endure. That's why Paul says, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, we are encompassed about with such a great a cloud of witnesses. Therefore, let us lay aside every weight and sin that doth so easily beset us. We can sit around and talk about what sends people to hell. I get, as a pastor, I get it almost daily. Pastor, if you do this, you're going to go to hell. Do this, you're going to go to hell. Thank God I'm not God. And I don't make those, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I don't make those decisions. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But here's what I do know. Sin is not going to help your chances. Weight is not going to help your chances. That tells me also there's two different things that oppose the Christian's race. That is sin, but it's also weight. 
There may be things in our lives that the Bible doesn't say clearly you shouldn't be doing this or you shouldn't participate in this or you shouldn't go there or you shouldn't talk to that person. It's not a sin to do so, but man, it's putting a weight on your back and you're wondering why you're having a hard time coming to church on Sunday when you're so held down by the weights and the sins and you're trying to live for God, but you still got things that'll hold you down. That TV show, Hallelujah, that's just stealing your time. That relationship, that although maybe it's not gotten to a place of sin, it's still not good for your walk with God. Oh, come on now, I know I'm preaching today, but hallelujah, I'm talking about some weights and some sins. You wonder why you can't be consistent. It's because you got some weights and some sins. Why can't I make it longer than a year living for God? It's because I got some weights. And so, oh, let me tell you somebody, lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset you if it's getting in the way of your walk with God lay it aside hallelujah don't do it for me do it for Moses and do it for Abraham and do it for Joseph because they had to lay aside a whole bunch and they had to endure a whole bunch go ahead and do it for them because you got to run this place with patience could you throw up Romans chapter 12? Let's go ahead and read this in its entirety. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's clap our hands to the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, God. I'm sorry, not Romans. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This is a race. When I say a race, I'm not saying there we're trying to beat other people. This is a race. It's a marathon. That yeah, sure, maybe somebody might get a greater prize if they get there quicker. But man, I just want to pass the finish line. Right, <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't the greatest benefit of a marathon or the greatest prize is being able to say you completed it. That's what this is. At the end of the day, man, I just want to say I completed this race. I ran my race and I didn't give up. I didn't let fatigue pull me out. I didn't let bad storms pull me out. I didn't let rocks and bumps in the road pull me out. I didn't allow sin and weights to hold me down. I ran this race with patience and I crossed the finish line. Come on, we got to get the finish line in view and say, I'm going to cross the finish line. No matter what it takes, verse 2. But listen, we're not doing it by ourselves because at the end of the day, Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. He's with us the whole time. He's the one giving us strength and giving us the ability to keep going forward. He is the finisher of our faith. He's not going to stop. As long as we determine to keep going, He's not going to stop. As long as we make up our minds, He's not going to stop. He doesn't change His thoughts on you. 
He doesn't change his mind. You may mess up. You may fall down. He doesn't change his mind about you. He's already got the finish line in his head. He knows exactly where you're going and how hard it's going to be to get you there. All you need to do is say, yes, Jesus. I'm going to run this race. How about we stand to our feet right now and begin to clap our hands and say, yes, Lord, I'm going to run this race. Hallelujah. I'm going to run this race. Come on, the devil wants you to think you're going to be here today, gone tomorrow. Hallelujah. You need to tell the devil, not today. I made up my mind. I'm going to make it to the end, no matter what it takes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Hebrews eleven twenty four. This is the hall of faith. It's talking about Moses. Hebrews eleven twenty four. By faith. Hallelujah. Hebrews eleven twenty four. By faith, Moses. When he was come to years, refused. I want you to take this in. Moses came to a point in his life where he said, you know, I don't want to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter anymore. I don't want to be an Egyptian. But Moses, being raised in a palace. You've got the finest foods. You've got all the goodness that this life can offer you. But why would you deny? Why would you refuse that? Why would you refuse the good life for this life? Verse 25. Hallelujah. This is the reason he chose rather to suffer. When's the last time you chose suffering? (laughs) He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures. Everybody say pleasure of sin. Everybody say for a season. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the temporary pleasures of sin for a season. Now, to me, at this point, there's nothing beneficial, nothing good here. Why, why Why would you choose to be part of a people of God? I mean, yes, there's only sin for a season, but, but why would you choose this? The next passage of Scripture tells us exactly the reason why. Verse 26. Verse 26. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches. Oh, hallelujah. 
than the treasures in Egypt. Praise God. He said, you know what? I took out the, map, the, the board and I wrote it down. I did my math equations. I've determined. This world has nothing for me. This sin is not what my life I want to hold. This world doesn't have the pleasures that I desire. The riches of this world cannot compare even to the reproach of Christ. Why? Because he had a respect or perspective unto the end, the recompense of the reward. He said, I'm not dealing with this life in the temporal. I'm going to deny the temporal and I'm going to keep my eyes focused on the eternal. Hallelujah, because the temporal could steal my eternal. So I got to keep my eyes on the finish line and what is to come in the next life. Oh, so Somebody clap your hands to the Lord today. Why in the world would we run this race? It's because at the end of the day, that sin is not beneficial. That sin does not please us. It may have pleasure for a season, but the afterward it comes nothing but regret. Am I right? And shame. And broken relationships and hardship. That's where this world will get you. But let me tell you, 20 years living for God, there is great riches in following the words of the Lord. There is great riches in this life. And I still believe in the one to come. I'm not going to let the temporal steal my eternal. Won't you look to somebody next to you and tell them, don't let the temporal steal your eternal. Now let's get true. Let's get honest. Faithfulness is an idea that seems to be lost in our culture. It used to be that we magnified, glorified, celebrated endurance. Faithfulness. But these days, more and more, you're seeing movies come out where it's all about, no, just give it up and just live your best life now. I'm telling you, that's a great lie this whole society has bought into. We don't celebrate endurance. Now we celebrate and magnify the temporal, temporary pleasure. Do what makes you feel good. It doesn't matter that it may harm your body or that it might steal your mind. It doesn't matter that at the end of the day it's going to cause you to fall into addictions. It doesn't matter if it destroys future relationships, present relationships, or past relationships. It feels good. So go ahead and do it. Temporal pleasure. We celebrate it. We magnify it. Temporary or temporal emotions. Today, I'm not feeling happy. Therefore, let me leave my marriage of 20 years in order to grab a hold of something, an idea, a dream that isn't real. Y'all were just excited. Yeah, let's run the race. Now we're getting real. 
Today, I feel this way. Tomorrow, I may not, but today, I feel emotional about this person or this situation. Let me act on my emotion. Let me scream, yell, moment of weakness. We get into those emotions. I, 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 all the time I'm on YouTube and I watch a lot of those code blue cams and stuff from, from police officers and it's so horrible to watch how some people ruin their lives, do things that they would never ever do, but just out of temporal pleasure or temporal emotions, they destroy the rest of their lives. Say, where it couldn't happen to me. Listen, it absolutely can. It's happened to the best of us, allowing temporal pleasure and emotions to get the best of us. We celebrate and magnify temporal benefit. Sell your stocks today. Live off of it. Who cares about tomorrow? That's the mindset of the son, the prodigal son. Let me take my inheritance today. Let me live life riotously, doing whatever I want to do. Tomorrow I'll deal with the consequences. Hallelujah, can I tell you that is not a happy life. It's a temporary life. It may be filled with pleasure today, but it's left you with emptiness, brokenness, and hatefulness for the future. Oh God. We cannot celebrate those that give in to their immediate wish and desires. We cannot do it because these feelings are like a vapor. They're here today and gone tomorrow. Hallelujah. You leave that relationship, that marriage for so many years to, to, to reach for a fleeting relationship, then it's very likely those feelings for this new person will fall off just as it did for the last one. No, but we need to get back to a biblical concept of faithfulness, endurance, and integrity where we say, I will put off pleasure today in order to have a better life tomorrow. And a better life for my children, a better life for my marriage. That marriage today might seem stressed, but that's not an excuse to give up on it. It's an excuse to work on it. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. And I'm not suggesting today you remain in sorrow and sadness and pain. I'm not trying to say if you're in a difficult position that you shouldn't do something. Absolutely do something. Try to fix it. Right, See, we don't want to hear that. Hallelujah. We want to hear, oh, you know, it's not working. Oh, that's fine. I can move on then. Hallelujah. You're not going to get that behind this pulpit. You can go to another church and get that. I'm going to tell you, stick with it. Fight for it. It's worth fighting for. These things are worth fighting. It's worth being faithful. It's worth enduring the hardships and the hard nights because better ones are to come. Be faithful in this life and you'll see the blessings of God. You'll see the Lord work in your heart. Hallelujah. Because patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit.
the proud in spirit. Their thought is only on themselves. The proud in spirit, their thoughts only are on the temporal. What can benefit me right now? And if it doesn't benefit me right now, then I throw in the towel. But hear me today, if you're new to this, it's going to take you a while before you get those legs underneath you. You're going to have to learn how to go for a while, pray for a while, come to church. You're going to have to be faithful to certain principles in order to make it to the end. You're going to have to. Hallelujah. I know it might be silly. It's an old children's story. But there's so much wisdom in the tortoise and the hare. The tortoise being slow but consistent, enduring, never wavering. And the hare, yeah, they're fast, quick to grab a hold, but just as quick to let go. Fast on their feet to run, but loses steam and has to sit down and take the load off. Doesn't have the same conviction that the tortoise does. The hare is living for the now. And if right now going quickly and running this race is what benefits me, then when things get hard, I'm going to let go. Don't be the hare. Be the tortoise that says, I'm going to keep on trucking no matter what. <laughs> I'm going to keep on trucking no matter what. Hebrews 10 and 23. Hallelujah. I'm almost finished. Hebrews 10 and 23. It tells us this. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? For He is faithful. That promise. I still believe in the benefits of God if I'll just stick to it and if I'll just continue to move forward. Come on, you keep going forward. Maybe it's slow like a tortoise, but you keep going forward. Hold fast the profession. Don't waver. Don't fall away, but move forward in this thing. How about we stand today? Hallelujah. Now I'm going to give you three things. If you're taking notes, you need to write these three things down. I'm going to expound on these things Wednesday night. I'd love for you to join us and come and listen to this. I believe there's three things that can help us to never waver. Three principles, spiritual principles that are essential to making it to the end. Number one, it's devotion. You've got to have devotion in your life. You've got to devote time to the Lord. It's so essential that we read our Bibles. Yes. So essential that we read our Bibles. If you, don't, if you can't tell me what you're reading tomorrow because you have no structure, I can probably, I can pretty much guarantee you're not reading your Bible every day. If, if you don't have some sort of structure about it, then it's so easy to let go. Today, read, tomorrow, not. You need to have some goals. 
as to your devotion, reading the Bible. There's one man that said, if you can't tell me where and when you pray every day, you don't have a prayer life. I'm, I'm, I, won't, I won't say that, but I will say there's a benefit in knowing when and where you're going to pray every day and committing to a prayer life. Right, every day. Second principle, second root, and Wednesday night we're going to talk about it in terms of roots. Second root that we need is fellowship. We've got to have strong Christian friends. I thought I'd get an amen on that one, but that's all right. You've got to have friends in the truth. If the only people you bring your problems to are people who are not in the faith, how do you expect to take on a faith-filled perspective of that problem? And I'm not saying just give yourself to anybody and everyone who says they're a Christian. I'm saying find some people who are faithful in the church. Connect with them. Call them. Text them. Go out to eat. Buy them lunch. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You could do it today. Praise God. (laughs) This is part of fellowship. And this is awkward for me to say. But you need to have a relationship with your pastor. Is that all right? You need a relationship with your pastor. I'm not saying I got to be your best friend. But but you need a relationship with your pastor. Why? He's going to help keep you accountable. Pastor's wife is going to help keep you accountable. He's going to be able to tell you the hard things maybe you don't want to hear, but that you need to hear. You need to be connected to your pastor and your pastor's wife. The third, everybody say number three. You need a job. I mean that physically, but I mean it also spiritually in the church. You need a ministry. You need to recognize that your life in this earth is not just to make it to the end, but it's also to bring people with you to the end. Hallelujah. So these are three things that every person needs to be settled and grounded in the truth. That's devotion on a daily basis, fellowship with other believers, and a ministry that we can devote our lives to. And if we do that, maybe, just maybe, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant come on isn't that still the goal I want to hear those words well done thou good and faithful servant if I at the end of the day is the last thing I want to be known by it's my faithfulness to God it's that I endured the walk And I made it to the end. And I can say He is faithful. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Because Revelations chapter 2 verse 10 says some of you shall be cast into prison. 
You will be tried. You will have, will have tribulation. It says, but be thou faithful unto death. And I will give thee the crown of life. You want to know how to win at this life? You want to know how to end this life and be a champion? Keep running your race. And don't let anything stop you. Don't let any person get you out of church. Don't let any sin become greater priority than prayer. Hallelujah. But go, God, make it through every trial and tribulation. Be faithful until the end. And I will give thee a crown of life. The riches of the reproach of Christ is greater than the riches of this world. I'm done today. I've gone too long. I'd like to invite you to come down to this altar and lay yourself before God and say, God, I want to make it. God, I want to make it. Lord, I'm devoting my life to you. I'm declaring that, Lord, I'm making a decision today. If I do nothing else in this life, I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. some devotions to him. I want to make it. I don't want to be a fire that doesn't survive. A fire that goes out. Lord, I want to be in relationships that are going to nurture my walk with you. Not relationships that are going to pull me out of your presence. I want a lifestyle that's going to nurture my life with you. Because God, what good is the beginning? If I don't make it, what good is the beginning? And Lord, I don't hear those. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you, Jesus. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so. 
Run! 
wondering if we can, hallelujah, before we leave here, we could find a partner, somebody that we can join with in prayer. Maybe it's your spouse. Could you just grab their hand? If you don't have a spouse, could you find somebody? And I know we've been doing this a lot lately, but again, if we're going to make it, it's going to be together. If you find somebody just to join with right now and pray for, pray for your own soul. Say, God, I want them to make it. I want them to make it to the end. Oh, yes, that's all right. I want them to make it, Lord, to the end. Oh, Lord, I want them to make it. Touch them. Lord, bless them, Lord. Touch them, God. Help us to strengthen one another, Lord Jesus. Help us to be there for one another. Help us to pray for that one another, encourage one another, restore one another. Lord, help us to forgive one another. Help us to love one another. Oh, Lord. Help us to see the values of these eternal relationships. Help us to see the value, Lord. All my life you have saw an illustration from a preacher. He had several posters up on the platform. One, it was a really nice car. One was of a really nice house and cash, career. And he took stickers that said temporal. And he went and put it on all of them, every one of them. Then he took other stickers and he said, these are important. He said, because these are eternal. And my mindset was he was going to label the Bible or something like that. But he actually just went and started putting it on each person that was in the building. And I realized at that moment, the only thing that we're going to carry out of this life is our walk with God but it's also our relationship with one another. You know your relationship with each other, that's eternal. 
Hallelujah, that's eternal. That's why we pray for one another. That's why we encourage one another and uplift one another. It's because everything in this life is temporary. You want to invest in something that is eternal, invest with the in your relationship with each other invest in your relationship with the church hallelujah with your spouse with your children with your loved ones invest in people and you will have invested in eternity isn't that great hallelujah how about we just stand to our feet clap our hands and thank the lord oh jesus we praise you god we thank you lord jesus have your way lord god today Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. We're so thankful that you chose to worship us. I pray that you take this home with you today. As I said, this may not save anybody, but I pray it gets you to heaven. Hallelujah. Join us Wednesday night where we'll be expounding on some of these thoughts. And, uh, and it'll be a blessing. We'd love for you to join us at the Taco Shack. If you need directions, even know how to get there, just let us know. Somebody know we can put you in the right direction. God bless you. We love you. We appreciate you. We are dismissed in Jesus' name.